a unique episode. Johnny, <laughs> talk about that. You might even call it a novel episode. <laughs> wow. I mean, so last week we talked about tornadoes. Yeah. And uh, this week it's coronavirus. You, we did a fundraiser at MJCA. Yep. And then a couple weeks later, it blew down. Yep. Then you went to Disney. Wow. You're bringing that up out of the gate. You went to Disney, and then Disney closed. Wow, you're right. John? Wow. Someone's not. I ain't living right. (laughs) You need to clean it up, buddy. Yeah, someone's trying to tell me something. What was the story in the Bible? Achan, there was sin in the camp. Um, Is there sin in your camp? Uh, Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but. Didn't he hide things he'd stolen from the tabernacle or something? No. Under his tent? What did he do? They defeated one of their enemies, right. and God told them not to take any of okay. the spoils. Yeah, and, and he, he took he some, some spoils. Yeah. Why is it called <clears throat> spoils? You know, I always wonder about that. The spoils of war. Do you watch The Curse of Oak Island? No, somebody posted a tweet about it, and it said, I think the actual curse is that we've wasted our lives watching it, and nothing ever happens. <laughs> the is, curse is on you for watching it. That's not true. They find tons of things. Mm-hmm. And even Planted they, things? No, no. They have things... We've talked about this, about how it's... Because, you know, storage wars, they'd plant things in the storage units. Look at this! It's a Ming vase, or whatever. Well, if they are planting it, then they're also yeah. paying scientists and all these people who carbon date it and do all these things to do lie. you say vase or vase, by the way? A vase all day. It's a Ming vase. That doesn't sound as You know right. what? If it was a Ming... If it's from the Ming dynasty, it needs to be a vase. I agree. I wonder how they say it in the, from the Ming dynasty. That's how it should well, be Well, they're all dead, John. Well, I'm saying, though, someone knows the I don't know if there's any Ming, I don't know if there's any Mings left. That's probably not true, but I'm really? just saying from... You mean like great, great descendants yeah, of the... Yeah, from the dynasty, from the sure. But when was the Ming dynasty? <sighs> John. Someone's yelling right feudal, now. Feudal China. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> It's okay. Futile conversation. It is Different. futile. F-U-T-I-L-E, not oh, futile. U-D-A-L. Futile, not... I'm actually fascinated by the feudal system. Yeah? Yeah. Did you ever study the feudal system? The serfs and the... Yeah. And such. Yeah. The hoi polloi. The vassals. I studied more of, like, world religion when it got to the caste system. Mm-hmm. I was fascinated by that, and that's where we get the word outcasts. Mm-hmm. Because people who were like on the outskirts of society, usually it was people who had like disease, which is kind of uh, timely. Well, the caste system is just where you're born into in right. India and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why they believed so strongly in in uh, reincarnation, because they thought you could move up a level. Right. Like, well, you might be born into this, but just keep trying. You yeah. climb the ladder or whatever. I can understand why that would be your mindset if you were born into that. And like, well, this is my lot in life unless... God intervenes, and I can, I can maybe next life I'll be a prince or something. Well, I don't believe that American idealism is like the standard. I don't believe that we're the, you know, superior country in all the world. I will. I don't say, like where you're going with this. <laughs> I will say, I do love. You're free States. to leave. John. I'm, a, I'm a history teacher, okay. and I love the United States. Sorry. I think we're very blessed. But one of the things that makes us different historically is that very thing you just said. Because you got to think, most societies, you almost had to die mm-hmm. before you could move up within your own lifetime right. outside of your social, um, I mean, what calls, always called castes or whatever, but outside of your strata, mm-hmm. wherever you were. And we were one of the first countries. Although early on, if you read like the Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, you know, there was a lot of issues there. You still they still had the gentleman status, which was left over from, not left over really, it was... Land owning people, yeah, white land owning males, right, and so within that 
thing. If you were a merchant or you were a clerk, you know, or a shopkeeper, like basically you worked a regular job as opposed to making your money off of the property that you own or that you inherited. And there was a different level there. You weren't considered a gentleman, you know. So, but then over time, this ability to pull yourself up, kind of thing, to move through. You know, a lot of the millionaires of the industrial revolution were once poor, which is very rare in any of the world societies that you can move from poor to to wealthy, or from non-status to high status. So, anyway, so you're saying that people who are poor need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and take hold of the American dream, John. Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying that at all. Wow. I'm saying the... the that, that is... I can't believe you got so political. <laughs> the idea that you can, that you have any chance right. to do anything like that, is all I'm saying. It's, was it, the idea, that was the idea of America. Well, I don't think it was originally, but I think by the Industrial Revolution, when, when the cities became so overpopulated in... You had the ability – well, and also the land rush. Westward expansion is like the key to everything. Sorry to nerd out on you in the United States. That's the reason there's a civil war was yeah. westward expansion because are these new territories, when they become states, going to be slaveholding mm-hmm. states or free? That was literally the spark that caused it. Um, that well, you know, That's bleeding Kansas and all those other things if you remember that. So, But yeah, westward expansion said we're going to give everybody – you know, a 40-acre track. I mean, so you can you can do something from nothing. There's a comedian named uh, Kellen Erskine. Uh, he had the best joke. You would love it. He's got such a dry sense of uh, humor, and he has such a like, low-energy delivery, even lower energy than my delivery. And he said, uh, the map of the United States would make a lot more sense if it started from left to right. Because it's like, they're like, oh, 50 states? Sure, I got plenty of room, and they just start drawing boxes. You know, <laughs> doing the good. They're like, "Oh gosh, you got to work it all in." You know, because that's what it looks like. If you look, at, if you think of it from yeah. left to right, it does. It looks like that's how it started. We came over. We're like, "Oh yeah, Nebraska, huge." You know, whatever. California, monstrous. And then you get, a, "Oh crap!" Oh, we've got Rhode Island. We got thirty states to fit in here, and you start drawing squiggly lines, that's fighting. Funny. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. So yes. uh, this will not be an entire episode about coronavirus, mm. but we do have to we address, wanna, we we have to address to, it. We're all experiencing it together. That's the weird thing. I was saying that to you at lunch is that like the tornado happened and it hit some people in our community and it missed some of us like me and you. We lost power. We were we were kind of affected in a way, but not like everyone. But everyone is being affected by this. It's yeah. like a tornado that hit everybody. Yeah. And so one thing that I saw on Twitter that I thought was really interesting, it said... Mm-hmm. We will fail or pass this test together yeah. as a culture. And it's true. Like this idea that some people are like, well, I'm not going to live in fear. I'm just going to go out and live my life the way I would normally and, you know, whatever. It's like that's not really – to me, now that, this is my idea. That's not really courage because you're putting other people at risk. You might even be carrying it. And the real, the real thing we should be doing probably is – because this can spread when we don't know if we even have symptoms yet, is live your life as though you already have it. How would you try to keep from spreading it to someone else? Clean, wash your hands, do all those things. And so it's really fascinating to watch people's, uh, their own psychology. Yeah, You were seeing it on social media. Their psychology is coming to bear in their posts. And they're dealing with their own fear, too. You're watching that. We got a lot of overcompensation for the fear. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's a I feel better if I can take control by going out and, quote, unquote, living my life Uh because then I don't have to worry about it. And as long as I feel okay, everything must be okay. Um, 
No, I'm with you. They actually said that on the news yesterday. You should you should live your life as if you have it, and everyone that you're seeing has it. I understand how that promotes um, can promote fear or, or paranoia can, or whatever. Right. Yeah, I look at I'll, again. I always look to history for a lot of things. I mean, we were just looking at the Spanish flu in 1918, which, mm-hmm. by the way, I didn't realize was H1N1, which was yeah. a swine flu that came later. I mean, 50 million people died worldwide yeah. in the Spanish flu, um, and that's in this past century that's less than 100 years ago so our great grandparents would have you know definitely experienced that process worldwide Mm. um i I just think where it's not the first time and there's all there's pestilence and things happening all over the world that it is not global but it's certainly um i told the church this morning so we had a live stream service we were one of the churches a lot of churches do that almost every church in town did it Mm -hmm. um just gathering Several hundred people together just seems kind of irresponsible until we know more kind of thing. You know, right now the government and that's what Andrew said. He goes, look, no one's exempt. You know, to your point earlier, no one's exempt. We're all going to try to do our our part here. Yeah. You know that um, whether we get it now, everyone's just asking us to try to to Mm -hmm. create some social distance if we can while hopefully flatten the curve. All those things. You know, it's weird too. It's funny. The first things I saw was like. All the introverts on my timeline were like, finally, we've been waiting for this moment. But honestly, even people I know who are introverts, true introverts, it's almost like when you go on vacation, you're like, yeah, we're going to go to the middle of nowhere. It's going to be wonderful. And then after like day three, you're like, is there a theater around here? Right. Is there a (laughs) 7-Eleven? You you realize you don't really want to be by yourself that long. No, not that long. So when it gets real, you're like, maybe I'm not as big an introvert as I thought. Like, I want to talk to somebody. You know? Yeah. Like we were home all day yesterday. You know, obviously everybody's going to be home a lot. Yeah. And I had a lot of work to do. So that helps, you know, but I was tired. We mm-hmm. got to bed last night. Laura's like, why are we so tired from sitting around all day? You know, we, yeah. did, we did chores. Well, there's like a heaviness too. There's like yeah. a, the worry of it. Mm-hmm. I told our church, I was like, Hey, you know, at the end, we kind of question answer thing off of the online stuff, which is weird, by the way, speaking to an empty room. Right. Um, yeah, it's got to be weird. Well, I do it every Friday through in run through, but it's still different. It was different. And also playing. We did worship and we had to mix it for the live stream, which means all the live speakers were off. So it's just in your ears. When you finished the first song, <laughs> did you say clap your hands for the Lord? I today? did not. Okay, good. And that was weird too. I don't like know a knee jerk thing. I don't know all the cues. I did say, <laughs> right. "Hey, thanks." Hey, for- give him a hand, and there's nothing. Yeah. Just tumbleweed. It's like, hey, wherever you are, you know, <laughs> join us. I didn't say stand, you know, yeah. whatever, you know. So, but it was a, it was really strange though, because in the room it sounds like absolute garbage, but in the headphones, Dane's mixing it, and you know, dude, that'll preach. You may not sound good in your own now. head. But let me tell you. Somebody's mixing it. Somebody's mixing it right From now. From on high. Oh, is he not, though? He's compressing your... Won't he do it? He's auto-tuning your sinful... I don't know. So He's got to be auto-tuning some people, because there's a whole thing about when you grow up, it's like make a joyful noise. People, yeah. There's always that person in your church that sings the loudest. Yeah. They can't sing at all. What if God auto-tunes for his own God enjoyment? Auto- Maybe he does. He's like, you know what? I see that joyful noise, and I changed it to be something I could endure. Maybe. I, I don't yeah. know. We'll find that out together. Maybe. Won't we, though? One that, day in heaven. Out of all the questions, Johnny, that's the one. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. But, I don't either. But it was great. I mean, we <clears throat> we got through it, and we had you know video-based stuff. But at the end, people are asking questions like, hey, so because I've really talked about 
the promised land, the giants that are in the land of trying to live in real community, you know, and mm-hmm. are you going to keep crossing, keep fighting, keep going forward and not just be like, eh, it's too hard. And let's go back out into the desert and wonder and call ourselves, you know, believers. Yeah. And so because that's hard for me to, to keep being honest and keep going to that next step, you know. And so someone was like, well, okay, for the crisis at hand, how do we live in community, you know, because we can't. And so we started just kind of giving practicals about checking on people, leaving food at somebody's door mm-hmm. if they need something, you know. And so praying for one another. And I was like, look, and I, this was in an Enneagram book I read. It was like, or something I read. It was like, hey, you know, if you're a six, which is what I am, like you, you forecast all the disasters of the world all the time. Right. Like you might not need to watch 12 hours straight of news. Yeah. Like, you know, keep an eye on your screen time. Yeah. Uh, when you're, you get that alert from your iPhone, you've been on screen time, you know, that gives yeah. you your screen time for the, for the week. Yeah. And you're either up or down. And uh, then you could even set limits to where your phone will warn you. You're really close to your screen time limit that you yeah. set. You know that you can do that. Yeah, you can yeah. set a warning. I've not done that yet. Well, just, and, and again, some people are, I have some friends that are burying their heads in the sand a little bit, you know, like, well, I, I was just hearing yesterday about this whole coronavirus thing. And you're like, okay, well, you know, and, and I get that. And then others are just obsessing, you know, minute to minute. Um, and I was like, Hey, you know, mental health is important here too. You know, maybe give yourself breaks, yeah. go take a run, take a walk, play Monopoly with your kid, you know, kind of thing. Like Monopoly is a great de-stressor. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> go lose a bunch of money in hey i bankrupted grandma glad we're not quarantined for the next two weeks together oh it's funny it's funny but yeah man it's uh it's crazy so we were at disney yeah so again and yes i was very i opened with a disney story and i felt very bad going it was actually it was actually a gut-wrenching decision and honestly a difficult time mentally the whole time yeah. that I was gone. We had a good time. We really, really did. You can't say you didn't have a good time. Right, because what's the... Yeah. <clears throat> Disney's not restful. If you come back... That's the worst feeling yeah. is if you come back and you're exhausted, you can't be like, I need a vacation from my vacation. Yeah, you can't be that person. It's so first world. It's like, oh, yeah. I slept till 11 and I'm still tired. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I need a frappuccino. I mean, Disney for us is 12 to 14 hour days, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. and... It's crowded and it's expensive, and we had a great, great time. That's why we go. But no, it's not relaxing. And no, I went, I went exhausted, yeah. <laughs> and came home tired. But you can't say that because everyone here is doing tornado relief and stuff. So, so I'm not going to say that. I'm glad I'm not going on a public I'm glad forum. You didn't say it out loud and saying that. But <laughs> um, so I use a Disney example and all those things. But I will tell you this: it was fascinating that while we were down there, we're kind of watching the news and how things are breaking yeah. around the world. Like it was while we were there. No mention of coronavirus. It was like 60,000 people in each park just walking around as if nothing's happening. Yeah. It was nuts. Like no extra hand sanitizer, no restrictions, no nothing. Wow. And even the day they closed Disneyland mm-hmm. in California, still nothing at Disney World. That we, no sign that said wash well, your hands. they don't want to create a panic probably by being like, hey, by the way, this is your last you know day. We're going to close tomorrow. Because they closed the park the day after, right? The day they... They announced they were going to close the yeah. day we were leaving, I think. So, yeah. Man. But the Orlando airport was empty. I'll say that. We were on a flight with about 70 empty seats, which is rare coming home. Oh, yeah. You know, from Orlando. It's always full. Always huh. full. So. Weird time. Yeah. yeah uh, you know, everybody, like I said, everybody's experiencing it together. And that's kind of a good thing in a way because you don't feel so alone. Because you're like, well, everybody's. Because like when I start to feel sorry for myself because I'm losing work. Yeah, starting to lose work, and a lot of my comedian friends are too. But then you start thinking about like, 
like if you're a restaurant employee or whatever, you know, you're probably going to get laid off if if these continue, if these, you know, restrictions continue on movement and people stop, you know, going out to their favorite restaurant. So like, what can we do? What can we do to keep people encouraged and keep people's, you know, money coming in, you know, what can I do to help? And instead of just sitting around thinking about like my poor, I mean, I have such a blessed life, such a charmed life. I get to go tell dumb jokes to crowds of people. And I got into this line of work not realizing that one day crowds would be outlawed. <laughs> yeah. What if the government outlaws crowds? What would happen to my life then? Yeah. Yeah, no. And, and again, I think it's okay to say that, for example, I mean, it's okay um, for college athletes to mourn the fact that yeah, they never stinks. got the NCAA tournament. It's and so anticlimactic. Not, I think they should be given the year of eligibility back. They are. Are they the really? NCAA said they're going to offer it. I don't know how it affects though the school scholarship programs huh. and the incoming people. That's, right, because the school would have to basically right. give the money. That's the question. But, but if they, you don't have classes to do anymore, but spring sports, there the NCAA has said spring sports they'll reoffer. Does that mean we could we could get uh, Lamonte back? Well, I don't think he's not going to go pro. That's not a spring sport though. I don't think because it starts in like October. But he got injured. So it ends. In the I know. Believe me, I thought the whole thing through. Is there a way for us to get back our senior who got injured? God, wouldn't it be amazing. Uh, Again, it's such a rabbit hole, a narrow viewpoint that I'm thinking of. It is. But I mean, it's okay, like to say, okay, yes, it's not as important. Basketball is not as important right now. But it is weird to not have the distraction of sports yes. while we go through this. It is. Because normally you'd be like, oh, I'm shut in my house. Well, I'll watch the tournament or I'll watch yep. the, the NBA. The NBA was one of the first sports to, yep. to go down because they had a couple of athletes get it. And uh, and it was like, well, that's it. We're not going to have games because now we have million-dollar athletes who are getting ill and they could spread it to other people. And before you know it, every player would have it because they're using the same ball. Yeah. So it is fascinating because sports and, – and I've read a few of the sports. I just kind of go through Twitter. Man, tw- Twitter is a – Twitter can be a really negative place. How do I just no call it like way. it is? Twitter can be just like, oh my gosh, you know, what What do people just, and we said that today too, like, they were like, what is our response? I was like, well, number one, care for your community, but realize that everybody, everybody in the world has a chance to speak to everybody in the world nowadays because yeah. of social media. And so just like, Try try to yeah. speak gentleness a little bit. And, and why, why do we have to? I think the reason Twitter is so... If I was to sum it up, I would think the reason Twitter becomes so black or white uh, is because you're limited in the words. Yeah. So you feel like you have to give this like broad brush opinion about everything because you're running out of time. You're running out of words. <laughs> right. So you can't be nuanced unless you want to be one of those like one of 10 tweets yeah. that people read the thread and nobody reads all of them. Yeah. I do. I read those because I like Twitter a lot. But but yes, it definitely feeds into this polar. It's very polarized. It's either like we're all going to die or this is a hoax, right? Um, and there's no there's no nuance to it. Yeah, this kind of crisis is certainly revealing the the polar um, extremes of our society. Because yeah, political parties absolutely were politicizing this and still are. Mm-hmm. As of last week, it's right. like it can't just be that there is something happening that's emerging as it goes. We keep learning new information. We're not sure about all of it, but this is happening here and there. It, like, there's no room for middle. In fact, that was the scripture we used. Let your reasonableness mm-hmm. or gentleness be known or be evident to all people. Like, we're not reasonable. We can't. It's like, no, no, it's a, it's a liberal, you know, media 
hoax or it's a no, no, it's a we're all going to die. Right. Like you said, it's, Trump created it. Yeah, there can't in be a lab like somewhere. And we, and we don't realize not only do we think that way, yeah. we now express ourselves that way. Yeah. Now I will go on here and I will direct tweet someone mm-hmm. and literally just crush their character over something that honestly is not materialized. And you yet. wouldn't ever say to their face either. That's I mean, if you would, that'd be a problem. Yeah. I think that's the thing we say. Well, now we're willing to say things that because we don't have to look them in the eyes. I think it's kind of also working to where it's conditioning us to be able to look people in the eyes and, uh, be, and be that heartless. Maybe. It's Hope like, not. regardless of your viewpoint, right or wrong, and I'm not a, I'm not one of those guys that says, hey, Lena, let's just all keep the peace. I think it, I think there are right and wrong issues and yeah. things worth, you know, debating. Well, I think this is one of those things where it's hard to say, don't get make it political because our response does reveal how we feel about the weakest among us. Yeah. So if you have a super, let's say you have a super conservative person that's just like, well, let's just figure this out and every man for themselves and like they should have been better prepared. If they have that mindset of like a really hardcore far right conservative, whereas it's like somebody else who's like uber progressive, I may as a church person be more likely to agree with a progressive person says, let's protect and let's put government things in place like free testing, free you know, like health, like Medicare for all is going to come to the forefront of our culture now because we're going to experience a lot of loss. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to say, don't make this political when what they're saying is don't, don't disagree with my politics. Usually when somebody says don't make it political, they're saying don't disagree with my politics right? because everybody has politics or they have a mindset or an ideology that they live by. And I think this is something like this or the tornado or whatever. It confronts head on your built-in belief system. And you have to make peace with it. And you go, how how do I feel? Do I feel like my life should not be disrupted by this? And why do I feel that way? Right. And it makes you confront. Like, do I not care about it? Because I've heard people say, well, this is just going to hurt old people anyway. And then you go, "Yeah, that we kind of need old people. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, it, this is about, and I was having that conversation with someone this morning, this this really is about anyone, for the most part, most people of a healthy, you know, of a, of a young age to midlife age yeah. without pre-existing or other at-risk type health challenges will probably go through it and be fine. It's it's the I mean, it's, it's hitting the elderly just harder people with with other health risks. I, I saw this morning that there were a hundred, and it's probably changed now since this morning. One hundred fifty thousand confirmed cases mm-hmm. and like fifty eight hundred deaths. Which I did that percentage. It was three point eight percent. You know, and that's less. Someone said, "Well, that's less." I think that the SARS was like ten percent. You know, mm-hmm. or something. I was like, "Yeah, but." When it, but this is but it hits so many more people. Right, this it's is so easier so, to spread. It's it, 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 right, it's, it's a it's a much faster but spread. The SARS curve flattens so much faster than the yeah. curve of this is likely to flatten. But do do four percent though, and maybe that number yeah, is not right. Are we willing to lose four percent of Americans just well, because you know? And the right. number could be skewed because the odds are there's a lot more than 150,000 infected, yeah. which don't have tests. So hopefully that percentage is less for a bad reason, which is more people have it. <laughs> yeah. You know, because the and they'll recover without right. infecting hopefully too many more people. But but I mean, if, if anything else, there's something significant there that we all in the beginning are like, well, you know, what's really going on? Is there a this is because information is like that, yeah. but we are so inflamed yeah. by information not being complete, whole, and perfect in real mm-hmm. time from the outset of any sort of thing. Yeah, 
and I think that everyone's, you know, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm not pleased with everyone's responses or anything. Or I think I'm not pleased with my own responses. I mean, I think I've had different responses as we go. And it, like you said, like we talked about, it makes you confront your own biases and your own darkness because you're like, I don't want my life to be disrupted. I mean, I'm going to have shows that may or may not cancel. And then I'm going to have to decide to go do them or not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's going to be weird. Because yeah. like, what's that about? I, I don't I don't really know. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Um, I don't. I, here's the sad part. A lot of people won't confront their own biases in it. Yeah. Like that. that's where we need to be. If you see something here's for me what what sold it for me was is we just i just named a few people in my church who i know are at risk and uh-huh. that made it a really easy right. decision yeah like, i thought about that last night yeah because i knew we were doing the service without people here today mm-hmm. and i was thinking about some of our greeters who are older yeah and i thought about them and you just go yeah it, it puts it in real perspective you're just like yeah. they got to be protect we got to protect them it doesn't mean again it doesn't mean you may not be able to completely protect but you can do your part. Yeah, your part. It doesn't mean like let's you know, Katie bar the door and you don't you freak out and you live in fear and you have a panic and you just every time somebody coughs behind you you freak out and look at them like they have a scarlet letter on their chest. I don't want to get to that point. That's the weird thing. Because we were talking about that today because you <laughs> coughed when you came in here. You like choked on something and I, you know, I had whipped cream in my coffee and I choked you were on like, it. <laughs> and I was like, John, <laughs> do we need to have a conversation? <laughs> like every cough is suspicious. Now. Yeah. No, and Andrew said something this morning because Andrew's house just got destroyed by a tornado. And he goes, look, you cannot stop a tornado from coming to town and going towards your house. Like that's right. living in fear says you can fear or be anxious enough right. to do that. But All you would be doing is making yourself feel sorrowful in advance for that happening. Yeah. But yeah. what you can do is get your family and go to the basement if you yeah. think it might be right that's great you know what i'm saying like that's the only part you can do Yeah, it's not more courageous to stay upstairs and be like i trust god <laughs> like god you. gave you a basement go get in it and how many times have we had tornado warnings in yeah. mount juliet that i didn't go this yeah. we've only we've only um kind of i guess bedded down somewhere in the house twice mm-hmm. you know under the house we went to the laundry room this time ever since we lived here but there have been tons of other storms right. and stuff where yep. the warnings were going but this one we could tell you know something was different so i think it's all it is like and that's the other part of this here's hoping that our response right now is going to make a difference but you're going to have some people and they're going to say if this doesn't become an outbreak right. here, like, see, yeah. I told you we all freaked out for nothing. Yeah. And you're like, well. That's okay. There, I'm willing to live with those There's people. a chance because we all freaked out that that Yeah, that we, we prevented it from getting prevented. worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, so the idea would be if we freaked out and yeah. everybody, less people get sick. I'm okay with that. If you call it freak if those out, people want, it, yeah. if those people want to be have the, the high ground or whatever, that's cool, man. Whatever. It, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's fine. And I'm not saying, again, I would love to find out tomorrow that this wasn't as bad as we all thought, but right now we can only work with the information we have. And, and there seems to be a tornado warning and a couple of touchdowns, and we're yeah. all going to the basement the yeah, best we, we can. Yeah, we need to go to the basement and stay there until yeah. until people recover. Because that's the thing is, you give, you give people a couple of weeks to recover that have it, then it the curve flattens and we it all goes away right. and everybody's good again. Right. There might be a couple of outbreaks. We never know. But it's, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a, this is a, uh, this is like a nine eleven kind of thing where you're going to remember before and after yeah. how culture changed yeah. and what it revealed in our culture. If you remember nine eleven, people came together and there was this 
patriot patriotism that almost kind of bordered on jingoism that was just like America first and you know it was very but it was there was some a lot of positives yeah. of people coming together to rebuild and people gave money and people just uh embraced each other this is that kind of moment where we're going to pass or fail this test together i really believe that well and again i know i sound like i'm um ranting on it i just to when i looked at twitter yesterday i had this thought the social experiment of social media has officially failed yeah like just from what i was reading like what are we doing but i mean do you think without social media we would even be able to do something like social distancing i think it'll be clear i think social media is an inanimate platform yeah i don't think it's good or evil I'm saying it has revealed something about modern or it has conditioned us somehow yeah. in in modern minds. So I'm not anti-social media. I am anti-people being jerks for no reason on social media. Right. Like if – and I'm sorry if that encroaches – that should be my freedom of speech to say. We're all worried about freedom of speech. Well, I think it's ridiculous that grown people attack one another openly in a public worldwide forum mm-hmm. and do it under the auspices of – uh, Americanism, Christianity, whatever they want to call it, and that, that there's no like sense of of decor, gentleness, rationale at times. It's just literally my complaining is going to be louder than yours. And if you don't agree with me, I mean that that stuff discourages. In fact, I texted my small group this morning and I almost put that in there. I took it out, but it discourages me. Mm-hmm. Like it makes you feel. It's like I get on there, I'm like, I'm discouraged by this. And even to read some of the sports blogs, some of the dumb stuff people are saying about sports, like some of the Tennessee blogs. And I, I love Tennessee, but yeah, our fans sometimes let us down. It, yeah, it's just like they're there. I think every I think every team has fans like that where you're like, dude, don't, yeah. don't wear our colors anymore. Just stop. Like the, the moment we gave, yeah, the moment we gave everybody a megaphone to the world, I just yeah. think that they're just I don't know. I would love to see I don't know. I think I think it's it's a failed experiment for actual interaction that is positive because it, like you said it's not it's there's not enough context, there's not enough information for a real conversation. It's one of the reasons I love a podcast. You might be able to isolate a couple things that Johnny and I may say and try to use it you know in some other please context do. you know please do but at the end of I the day run. we always hope that you heard our tone for the hour that we were talking yeah and we'll get done and we'll always discuss like well, what do you think about that part and you'll go well we set it up i think they could hear what we meant that's because a conversation lets you do that yeah you don't get that on social media you just right. you just don't just, um, again it sounds like i'm anti-social media i'm anti us being jerks on social media yeah. i just i think that's okay to be anti yeah if you're not anti people being jerks on social media like ask like you said, again, look at where you are. Like if that's normal, right. if just an a constant argument is normal, yeah, communication. Being like a troll. We're just we're 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 conditioning ourselves for things that I think are affecting society in negative ways. So it's gonna be hard to pass the test yeah. when we've lost all sense of like ownership. But I think of our it's a man. smaller amount of people than we think on Twitter. I think eight percent of people are on Twitter. It may not be just Twitter, but I mean Facebook. Because, like, it. think about elections. Like, like I follow people on the left and the right on Twitter. I have a very broad, uh, expanse of people. And if you followed Twitter, you would have thought Bernie Sanders, for instance, was going to run away with the primaries. Sure. And then when he got trounced, people were like, "What?" And all my friends on Twitter that were like that were the like lefties, they were like, 
I don't understand. It's like, it's because you're not in the real world. You're in Twitter. Right. It's a bubble. Just like when we, we were talking about church culture and then Pentecostal culture that we grew up in, it's this bubble that you think is so big. And when you take one step outside of it, you're like, oh, there's a whole other thing going on. Mm. It's very jarring. Yeah. You know? Wow. And I think that's what's happening with social media where we, we can convince ourselves like, this is how everybody feels because you've muted everybody that doesn't think the way you think half the time anyway. Right. So you're like, we're all going to agree with this. And yeah, everybody that doesn't believe like us is a jerk. And then you get outside and you're like, oh, this isn't what's happening at all. And yeah. it's, it's like it blindsides you. Wow. I don't no, know. it's true. It's true. You, you narrow your universe in that, in that realm. I've done it. I've muted a lot of people this week, honestly. Like, I don't unfriend usually. But I have muted a few Because they see it when you unfriend. They go to your page and it's like, add friend. They can see that you've mm-hmm. unfriended them because it says add friend by your name. And you're like, I don't want that weird moment where they message me and go like, what's the deal, bro? I'm like, well, honestly. <laughs> I'm anti people being jerks on yeah. social media. Like, that's yeah. the deal. I, we can still be friends. No, I, I, that that bugs me too. Not that we're ranting on this too long, but... Um, when social media really began to take off, we started having people in church who would have like surgeries and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't know about it. And they're like super offended that nobody came or nobody called. And we're like, well, you didn't tell us. And they would say, well, we put it on Facebook. Oh, okay. And now we, that, that was a real moment for me. Like as, as a pastor, it was like, cause I've been now, again, what is the, I'm a zillennial. Is that what they are? No, oh, I don't know. That Zillennial? That, yeah, it's the between X and uh, millennials. There, you you have a a analog childhood, but a digital adulthood, uh-huh. and so you kind of oh, see right. you kind of see both sides. So I've lived now, even in ministry. When we first started youth ministry, like I was taking pictures with a camera of mm-hmm. kids. You know what I'm saying? We putting their names underneath it so that our leaders could learn them and stuff. It wasn't like you went to their profile. The MySpace started a couple years after uh-huh. that. But it wasn't like we were doing all these. I mean, I had a smartphone, which is a big deal. And I had a file on there with people's pictures where if I met them once, I could, okay, I'm, I'm learning that person. So the next time I see them, I could remember their name because we had hundreds of people coming, you know, through. Yeah. So it was like a, you know, now all of a sudden that's shifted. And when the expectation also shifted that now whatever I put out here, right. I expect everyone, everyone to, see to, to see it and know. Mm-hmm. And I just knew, I just know we can't. Yeah, we can't win that game. We're not going to meet the expectations. I'm not going to agree to it. Like, so I we just tell our community leaders, like, look, guys, use social media to your advantage and for good because it has a lot of good for communication. But do not rely upon it, or mm-hmm. you know, use it as a. Uh, don't let people use it with you as you're shepherding them to be like, look, if I put it on social media, then that's everything about my life. Like, no. Reach out and text. I mean, texting is still a digital form of communication. It's still not face to face, but but at least it's personal. You know, at least yeah. it's going to some person in particular and not just directed to the world, hoping we all. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, you're right. The expectations is what gets you because it's like, or for somebody to look in. I don't want to say church people are looking to be offended, but there is some of that sometimes where it's like. I've I've known people to do that. Like I'll miss a Sunday on purpose to see if anybody calls me and asks where yeah. I was. Like that kind of mindset. You're like, all right, you're already way in a wrong position. Oh, dude, I hit that so hard in membership class. I just called <laughs> that right there. Listen, if you if you want to covenant with us to be a member, just know something. Never is it gonna be okay with us for you to intentionally miss and if no one calls you, it tells us a couple things. 
Okay, number one, you intentionally missed, so you weren't, you know. Number two, apparently you weren't calling anybody else, which means you're not co-shepherding other people. Yeah. Number three, you probably were isolated and not in community if nobody did call you because we have told you a hundred times, you missing church doesn't mean we're going to know that. You yeah. must be in some closer-knit group with people so yeah. that they notice because your life is affected by each other. So you're right. Like, just the whole... The whole setup of the, of that scenario, but dude, people have been doing that for years. I mean, yeah. you, we grew, both grew up in ministry. I mean, that's years. And when years I miss, I hope no one notices. <laughs> I'm just like I just. It's like one of those things. We need one of those things. You know, uh, people that drive in the HOV lane, they get those dummies. Yeah. You know, so they can like if a policeman sees them, like maybe that's a person. So you get it looks like there's two people in your car. Yeah. We need one of those for church. Like that's what I would do. Like <laughs> send that person if I can't make it. Like an so, avatar. Yeah. yeah. You could be at so home. And, maybe Johnny was here. I thought I saw um, like a shadowy. Who is that? Yeah. He Speaking looks, of avatar. Yeah. I rode the flight of passage Pandora ride. Okay. At Animal Kingdom. And? Unbelievable. You rode the big blue dragon thing? Yeah. Unbelievable. That's Have you seen of, the movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A long time ago. Yeah. You know, there's making, two more coming out. Yeah. They're making the sequels. Yeah. No, it was not. It was, this was impressive. Like the whole... It's all CGI'd, and, or it's all uh, VR? It is. You're on... Did you get nauseous? No. I can't do the VR, man. You'd be nauseous, and I urge you to be cautious. I'm it's the rainy season, so you, you better, better wear galoshes yeah. to the Andes. Ain't no room for pansy. Sorry, Johnny and I wrote a rap years ago. About our trip to Bolivia. Yeah. Uh, you? No, I did not. But you... I just don't, generally, I don't do a lot of motion. I wonder what it is about me that I can't do it. Because I think it's that thing that you talked about about if you're digital. I'm not. I'm not conditioned. I think kids now are going to be conditioned to VR, and they're never going to get. In. Like, think about driving driving in your car. And Curry used to get car sick looking at her phone, mm-hmm. and now she doesn't get car sick anymore looking at her phone. She conditioned her. Mind. It's a, we've adapted, mm-hmm. and so I think that's what's happening with VR culture. Like kids grow up with VR headsets. I mean, not. I mean, it's like everybody. I don't want to make it sound like everybody's got a VR headset, but you're more likely to encounter one. Yeah, or VR rides at amusement parks. I didn't have that growing up, so yeah. I got on a couple of those that when I went to Universal Studios. After the third one, I was like, I gotta sit down. <laughs> did you do Spider Man? I did Spider Man. That was a tough I did one. Harry Potter. I was like, I get me off this broomstick. <laughs> I am out of here. <laughs> yeah. Then we tried to like calm down, and do the Simpsons. I almost threw up in the Simpsons ride. What? Yeah, I couldn't do it. It was just that's an old ride. I know, but it's still screen based. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it wasn't. It 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 didn't do that for me. So you're on the back of the thing, yeah, and they have like it, like by down by your knees. Every once in a while, you feel the little seat contract as if the animal's breathing while oh. you're riding it. Okay. And then when you go through the water and all this stuff, there's spray and you smell stuff in the forest. Like it's it like was 4D. It was like a full yeah sensory experience. Immersive. Yeah, it was. It was really. We rode it twice. I think they put like seventeen hundred people an hour through it. Wow. And so we walked in with thousands of people, got there 30 minutes before the park officially opened. They'll let you in to go get in line. Mm-hmm. But you walk the whole time. So you're just walking in a line and very, we didn't wait. We waited an hour the first day, which is unheard of. Mm-hmm. Like an hour from the moment we got there. Usually it's like two and a half, three hours. And then we waited an hour and a half. The second, we actually wrote it twice, hour and a half the second time. 
But it was it was fascinating. And then we went to Galaxy's Edge, which was unbelievable. Oh, that's the Star Wars thing. Oh, my gosh. Just to be in the... It's like they've created a world like you're in one of the movies. So yeah. it's just... I mean, the, the Millennium Falcon's sitting right there, and you're taking pictures in front of it, and you're walking around. But it's like it truly is... Even the people taking your... Because you get photo passes and stuff mm-hmm. where they take your pictures anywhere in the park. Even the people taking your picture were dressed in Star Wars garb. So it was very... How many spring break trips to Disney are like been foibled by this? Oh, there's no telling. Yeah. They close for the rest of March. Like this is a huge yeah. season. It'll be billions of dollars. Crazy. Billions. That's when to me that was when Tom Hanks got it and when Disney closed, that should be the sign to everybody like it's yeah, real. This is Let's legit. get real. Because there's no way Disney's giving up that money. So you know what Disney did do, which I thought was cool? You know what we watched last night or started last night? What's that? They released Frozen 2 three oh, months right. early yeah, because on Disney+. Because they know people are going to be stuck at yeah. home. But I started thinking, do you know how many more Disney Plus subscriptions they probably just got? That's true. You know what I'm saying? It's pretty savvy. So, I don't know. I think it was still really nice for them to do that. I thought it was... Oh, D- Disney, not a sponsor, you, but they may as well yeah, be. You guys should this. sponsor. Yeah. After what I've given to go to your parks. <laughs> <laughs> you could, just to break even would be good. We did. There was a the Garden Expo Festival at... That sounds like the old person kind of a thing. It was a Garden Expo. Garden like Expo? Well, they have like food and what wine festival. Okay. But this was like, this was the Garden Festival. So there's all these like topiaries that are cut into all kinds of plants, millions of plants all around Epcot. You're riding dragons and you're going to go look at bushes? Well, no, it's like flowers and stuff. <sighs> but they have them shaped like Disney characters. It seems like a waste of your time. Well, there's these little kiosks all around the countries, yeah. you know, because you have the whole... Right. Festival of Nations that goes around the water at the back. And there's all this extra food that just you could come up. Just food laying out. Well, no, you got to pay for it. But they're like <laughs> small plates. So you can walk up. It's like a little $6 lobster tail or a little this and that. Dude, we, the second day, the kids are old enough now. I will say this. This was fun. <laughs> I will say I had some, I, I told the staff, <laughs> some of them were like, hey, just go and don't don't worry about anything. I said, look. I'm going under a condition. Uh-huh. I told Andrew I won't go unless he and I have daily scheduled calls. I was like, and if something happens here, because Andrew's still trying to put his life back together. Right. I, I, I'm sorry, guys. I take a lot of trips. You put down the lobster tail, you get on a plane. Right. Well, you're just going to have to call me and keep me posted. Yeah. Like, and, I, and I can answer questions and stuff. Right. So I'll be present. I'll yeah. be with my family. But if I have to take a few calls every day yeah. because a tornado destroyed Mount Juliet, you know, and I can't, I can't get the refund on this trip, and it happens to, then you're just going to have to call me. So they did. It was great. So I, I answered a few things. Um, but that day, I will say, the kids are old enough now, mm-hmm. so we went with Matt and Linnea. They were down there, too, because they used to live down there, and they used to have their... Anyway, I can't say that because I don't want to get them in trouble. But they go to Disney a lot, mm-hmm. so and they had family they were meeting with. And so uh, mm-hmm. they, Aubrey and Christian, their kids, and Sadie, I mean, Sadie's 11. You know, Christian's like 13, or I think it's 13. And Aubrey's 11, so they're old enough. We're like, hey, you got two hours. Here's some money. Here's, you know, they know where to go. We have, all have phones. We're going to yeah. call check in. So for two hours, we were kidless walking around this thing. Yeah. We ate every... Uh, keto burned like a... Oh, yeah, sank in the middle of that lake. Sure. And we just ate... We ate Carved around out. the world, man. It was unbelievable. It was awesome. I still have, I have some heartburn now, but... Uh, what you have is coronavirus. What? There's no way you don't have coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> I wondered about it, but again, like nobody seemed to care there. It was like, it just wasn't happening. You know, we were all, everybody had paid all their money and they were going to enjoy their vacation. So. Well, that's great. We'll beat it with positive thoughts. Yeah. 
If I have it, I apologize to everyone around me. And me, I'm in a room with you. Well, I didn't. I didn't know at you the time. You and your selfish Disney vacation. Know, you just man. had to have it. I know. I know. And now here we are. Have you ever had a? When you go to hotels, do you stay in certain hotels because you know the beds are are good. I I do Hampton Holiday Inn or uh, Garden. Hilton so you're Garden. a Hilton's pretty point, much points person. But here's the thing: because we're Marriott. To me, it's about. I don't have points though. To me, it's about bed bugs. Yeah, like it's thirty dollars more than you could get the discount hotel for. Yeah, to not get bed bugs. No, that's key. Yeah, uh, but for me, it's now, also there are, about, there are bigger chains that sometimes get bed bug outbreaks yeah. and stuff. But it's you're more it's, likely, yeah, yeah. less likely. No, we do Marriott because Laura always she traveled quite a bit for a long time. Mm-hmm. Didn't you guys get the bed from Marriott, like a mattress that's such a good mattress because she stayed on it so many times? I think it may have. Our mattress is called, oh, I forget the name That's of a mattress. good place to try out mattress because you're like, I, I wish my bed at home was this comfortable. Yeah. Sometimes you stay in a hotel, you're like, I would sleep so good at home if this bed was. We do we do like residence in a lot because okay. it has a little kitchen and it has usually, usually they'll upgrade us to a second bedroom. Do you use the kitchen though? What are you doing? Oh yeah, if we're going with Sadie and stuff. We'll, oh, we'll, you get we'll, sandwich meat and stuff. Like we went to DC, stayed in residence, had some Kids interviews Kids eat there. all the time though. That's Big the thing. thing there though is separate bedrooms. With a living room in Is between. Sadie a big eater? She's so skinny. She kids sometimes, eat a lot of food, She right? can be a big eater. Yeah. It depends. So she's a big sweet tooth okay. kid. You get, you know, like, I don't know where, where does she, she get that I don't know from? where she gets it, as I just choked on That's the thing. When, I, when you tell me you're on keto for all this time, and I get it, and I'm supportive, but you are the biggest ice cream person I've ever met. Yeah. Like, ice cream is life to you. Yeah. How do you do it? No, tell me some halo, because you know it's not the same. Actually, they're, uh, it's called Rebel. Ice cream, rebel, and it is. It's it's like heavy cream, so it's way more fat, and you have to leave it out for a bit so it can thaw. Oh, this but it sounds this sounds so gross. It's you really have to good. Leave it out, not just because it's just it you doesn't gotta let it congeal just so. No, you just gotta let it soften a little bit. It hardens faster because it doesn't have. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Laura this would, is terrifying. Laura can tell you. No, man. Rebel ice cream is really good. I don't think so. I don't. Listen, man. Laura and I have said several times, and there are moments. We do. Especially well, when, obviously, y'all did the thing. The thing where you the food yeah, tour. You well, just let it. In the tornado week, we had no electricity. I was like, you know, you can forget it. We're just going right. to do whatever. Not worry about it. So I would say I eat low carb. Right. 90% of you the time. You follow keto. It doesn't follow you. That's like, right. Then you do something like, I'm doing this diet. It's not, I don't know. As a keto works for me. I don't work for you. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, no, I, I don't, like, once I had lost, like, 30 pounds, mm-hmm. then it's easier to have a French fry. But I might have one instead of a plate. So you're down to, what, 110 pounds? No, I'm man. just kidding. Come I don't on, know man. what you weigh, John. No. What do you weigh? Do you want me to say it? Yeah. I weigh, like, 165, 170. That's good. I'm between 165 and 172. And you're 5'10"? 165 is my bottom. Are you 5'10"? I'm 5'10". 5'9", actually. 5'9 and a half. I don't know. They measured me at 5'10". I was so happy. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I've gained a half inch here. Anybody under six foot throws those half inches in there. I thought something that's interesting. I know. I know. Nobody over six foot says half inches. My whole life I thought I was five foot 11 because they measured me in like middle school or something. Oh, and you probably had high tops on or something. Then I found out like in my 30s that I was only like five nine. Well, maybe you shrank, dude. People. Already? I don't know. I'm only 41. Am I 41? I don't think I'm going to shrink. I think I'm going to hunch over further. (laughs) I think I can hunch down to five five. Johnny. We have a horrible posture. Oh, yeah, it's bad. Uh, I think mine's worse than yours. But I have bad posture. I think I'm just going to, it's like I'm a capital C at some points. <laughs> I just, I'm going to roll to people. I, I looked in the mirror the other day from the side for some reason. I was doing something in the bathroom or whatever. And I looked over. I was like, wow. Like, literally my whole back is hunched over. I put mm-hmm. my shoulders back. But no, man, I don't, um, 
we've said though, once I lost, I I like having thirty pounds less and not having my brain so foggy and yeah. having more energy more than I like having ice cream three times a week. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So that that's that's part of it. Now there are times I still want ice cream and will have it, but three times a week or whatever, like the overabundance of it. Yeah. I, I like how I feel now better. I agree than with I like that. that. Yeah, you know? I agree with that, and I've, I've I've experienced something similar to that where I'm eating a lot less food, and I like the way I feel more than I liked that. You know, the feeling of like I'll do it. It's just a free for all, and but, it does. It yeah. creates a whole other mindset. Well, it's hard to convince yourself that quantity does not um, increase quality. Yeah. You're like, you know, I then you end up with a lot more quantity of person. Exactly. <laughs> and, <you're just> like, <laughs> and then your quality of life goes down. Like you have to remind yourself, like. You know, I've already I've already eaten this before. I know what it tastes like, and it's okay. Yeah. You know, if I don't have it right now, I've not missed out. Like I've, yeah. you know, so, and that's a hard decision to make whenever you're hungry. Especially too. if other people around you are having it. That's the thing. Now, the social aspects of food; those are the difficult ones. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm with uh, like Matt and Lene are on keto now. Okay. And so for the first year of keto, he kept trying to talk me out of it. Not he was like, "Dude, what are you doing? Have some bread." You know, like he'd always and, and honestly. I was just in a strong place, and usually I just wouldn't was do it. a dead-on impression of me. Oh, what are you doing? I have some bread. He's some eating bread. the bread as he said yeah. that, evidently. He's got <laughs> a mouthful of bread. No <laughs> bread. bread. <laughs> and so, he, though, now he's doing it. Yeah. And the other day, we were out at Andrew's house. Of course, again, tornado happened. I was like, all bets are off. And they had a big box of Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh, no. And I was like, dude, we're having a donut. He was Com- like, what are you doing? I was Comfort like, Comfort food, bro. We're having a donut. Oh, and yeah. I talked him out of it. He had a donut. And he went out of ketosis the next day because of it. But I was like, you know, the, so at Disney, he was like, what made me mad is, is I spent a year and a half trying to get you out and you didn't work and you mm-hmm. offered me one donut. And yeah. I did. I just threw him right off. So I have no regrets. I feel like just one Krispy Kreme, too. So there was a Krispy Kreme near They vanish. It's like Krispy Kreme's like gone. It's gone. Yeah. It's like they melt. In There's your a mouth. Krispy Kreme right near our condo. I'm not oh, going to lie. That the was hot bad. sign? That was bad. Even the hot sign wasn't on. They would take him right off the conveyor belt. You could see it. Yeah. Yeah, that happened. So, yeah, I may I've not weighed yet since I got home. Don't do it. But I've I've been you know I, I've been eating keto since I got home. So you're two twenty exercising. Two twenty. I'm probably up to about two forty five. But it's solid. Now, I was gonna say about the beds. The bed and the condo. We had a great condo. It was yeah. Close. We sat off property this time. The bed was so bad. This All is gonna make people not like you. Why? Because you're saying like your Disney vacation wasn't everything it could be. I'm just trying to find something besides coronavirus so, and a tornado to talk the about. The bed was so hard. Oh my God. It wasn't hard. The bed was fine. It was loud. Old box springs. Oh, uh, okay. Every time one the of us. creakiness. Every time one of us moved, rolled mm-hmm. over, anything. And Laura's a light sleeper. She's a light sleeper. But even me, it woke, we, we woke each other up all night. Same thing, Matt Lene had a bed in the same place, and theirs are doing the same thing. So it was so bad, and I need sleep so bad in my house. I went and bought tools and disassembled the bed. You can just take the mattress off of it? I have nowhere to... That's what I did. Oh. But where am I going to put, put it everything? Where it was. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, there's not enough room. Does the condo people know you did this? No. No, they have no idea. Did you just leave it? Or did you put it back together? I know I put it back together. They charge us money if we did that. But it, it was it was interesting because all the screws Did were stripped. Did you leave a strongly worded note? No, I, no, I'm not that guy. I, I'm the guy that's going to get on. Do you want to say the name of the condo? I'm going to get on the, on the worldwide podcast? interwebs, <laughs> and I'm going to tell everybody what happened. But I'm not the guy to leave a note. Strongly worded Yelp review. <laughs> I mean, it was. It, I just I don't understand why guys just upgrade your. It was just the box springs. Up, upgrade your box springs. There's somebody on Twitter that did a a poster series that works for the Parks Department, and it was. Parks Department posters, National Parks posters based on the worst Yelp review. 
<laughs> and so it was like Yellowstone would be this huge, you know, huge like painted uh, poster with a vista, and it said like uh, Wi-Fi is patchy or something like that. <laughs> it's so great. Oh, that's great. Speaking of, yeah. Have you seen the Ken Burns documentary on Amazon Prime about the history of the national parks? No. Wow. I'll, I'll have to check it out because we're going to have some time on our hands. Yeah. And the country music one's supposed to be amazing, too. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but I heard, I heard it was good. Uh-huh. This Ken one's Burns. Old. Yeah, Ken Burns. He knows Burns. what's going on. This one's old, but, dude, it's... it's, it's I mean, weird to think at his funeral, when they're showing photos of him, they're going to be using the Ken, <laughs> Ken Burns, Burns effect, effect. <laughs> on pictures of Ken Burns. It's like an Inception-level thing. Yeah, well, you open your photo app, and it has someone's name. You know that guy. Uh, he had he some, did something. Yeah. He did something. I always think it's interesting. We watch a lot of true crime in my house. Yeah. So you watch a Dateline when they have like, you know, you know, a shocking tragedy in the t- little sleepy town of Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And then they have the photos of the people who were killed or the person who was the killer. But they only have like five photos. And they have an hour to fill. They keep going. So they keep showing that same photo. They're stretching. They'll show one corner of it. They'll Ken Burns from left to right. <laughs> then they'll go from right to left the next five minutes. It's so fascinating to watch how they get such mileage out of those photos. Yeah. You're like, that's the same guy. And then they take it from color to black and white yeah. in a moment of the yeah, narrator. Yeah, it goes to negative. Right. It goes to negative. What else can the, you do with use it? Use the yeah. music for ominous effect. They make it soft around the edges uh-huh. whenever they're talking about the love story. Yeah. It's great. Make, what do they call it? Vignette. They vignette yeah. it. You know, mm-hmm. that's funny. Is vignette a verb? Can you vignette something? Dude, this guy vignetted <sighs> the heck out of this. <laughs> <laughs> it is now. What was the word? Uh, I won't say who, but two young men, two young men called me, yeah. both over 18, mm-hmm. and at least one of them, I think, listens, brothers, if you will, yeah. to ask me a grammatical question this week, uh-huh. a debate. And they were getting out of a truck, and one of them said, I left the door ajar. Ajar? Yeah. And the brother brother was like, that's not right. You can't. And they proceeded to ask me all these questions and he's like well first i thought he said a jart i was like dude that's east that's, tennessee i left the door jart. A jart that's the old game that you'd play with the lawn darts which are called jarts remember that jar, yeah where you throw it and they stop that game because somebody took one to the chest well, yeah probably, how could or, they not it's just javelins uh and then, hey, kids get out there and play <laughs> catch uh and then uh i was like dude there is no and he just kept fighting uh-huh. it i was like there is no conceivable use that i can think of of the word ajar where you could add ed on no. the end of it ajar and then i was like is he ajar the door yeah because it's an adjective right the door is the door ajar jar right it's not that's it's, when a door is not a door it's the old riddle yeah when is the door, door is not a door it's when it's a jar i know yeah, yeah. <sighs> am i right guys but let me say this scott uh gillis longtime listener uh first time caller he <laughs> When we had dinner, because he's in my small group, he said he was irritated with you and shouting at you the last podcast because you said you had to use less words when you were saying, I got to edit this down to less words. You said a fewer words. Instead of fewer words. He was like, it's fewer. Oh, dang it. He was, and he's like, you write books. <laughs> well, I'm not writing one right now, though. No, you're not. It's just different. This is a different muscle. Yeah. And, uh, I, and I've already spoke. It's a very free form conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and and I've we already, might even say a jarred. Uh, I've already spoken once today for forty minutes. It's spaken. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's talk good. Anyway, uh, <laughs> no, I hey, I accept that sharpening from Scott Gillis. Yeah. He's right. 
right. shouldn't have said less words. I should have said fewer words. Mm. I accept his correction and admonishment. That's such an example of great community. You see what we did there? We're moving forward, <laughs> and now we can do kingdom work together because yeah. you accepted that. It's like the promised land has been reached. I mean, Unless you send him like a snipey, snarky kind of a text right. after the podcast records. And right. you're like, hey, next time, hey, I heard you got a problem with me. Hey, next time you talk to Johnny, why don't you use less words or something like that? Yeah, <laughs> like that. <laughs> Except Scott's going to hear all of this. So yeah, it's true. Scott, I'm just teasing you, buddy. I you'll love just you. Use fewer, ex, you'll use fewer expletives <laughs> next time you talk to him. <laughs> I'm going to spend fewer dollars on your lunch next time. Boom. I, uh, you're buying. So. Well, listeners... I don't know what to tell you. Mm. We hope you've... We, listen, we just want to be... There's nothing really to say. We, we talked about not even doing one this week because we didn't want to just add to the noise. But it's hard not to talk about what's happening. So we wanted to do something. And we hope people are like... Like, I don't want people to feel fearful. I hope we can be like a sense of like uh, levity. Yeah. Uh, and encouragement. But it's a season where we're all gathering together. And I don't want to make light of it. Like, we don't want to be flippant about it. But it's like... It's such a strange time. And yeah. I have like a dark sense of humor anyway. So, yeah. I mean, I hope people just understand that. There's like a gall- that's called gallows humor, and I definitely like I'm wired that way. Where it's like, I'm just I'm just one of those guys. I just I'll say the weird thing, like, and <laughs> I just hope people understand that I'm just de- I'm processing through right. humor. But it is I felt like it was you know we we pondered not doing one this week, and yeah. then John was like, let's do one. So here we are. And you were like, well, we don't talk about coronavirus the whole time, and we did about half the time. Half the time. But that's. Uh, how could you not acknowledge? I think that's about it's a good percentage of what people are doing in their homes. About half the time yeah. they're trying to figure out what they're going to watch on Disney Plus, and the other half they're right. talking about coronavirus. No, and I, I, and I love what you said. We're all we're all experiencing this. There's no one immune to yeah. well, everyone. Sorry, there's no there's one. No, that, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope some of us are immune. Uh, there's no one who is is not affected you yeah. know, by it. So uh, whether even if it doesn't directly come to us from a health crisis perspective it it's something like you said to be mindful of others yeah and while we're being disrupted together let's figure out how to bring something positive out of it i hope people are trying to encourage people and check on people they know especially the elderly that you know in your life and check on them and see if they need you make sure everybody has groceries don't hoard toilet paper guys please i know Uh, it's been said but just stop it i don't even get it i don't know well i get it if you think you're gonna be stuck in your house and you've let's say because like my buddy ed wiley's got like four girls he's got six kids and i think four of them are girls like yeah he's gonna need some toilet paper well that's true so if you think you're gonna be stuck for two weeks i get the need the the desire uh to go out and be like let's get what we can but this idea that let's buy cases and then sell it on ebay that's when it gets yeah don't do that, guys. No, don't do that. And, I, and again, I remind you of that scripture. I love it. Let your reasonableness reasonableness mm-hmm. be evident to everyone, which is just another translation for the word gentleness. So when we're being gentleness is not just passivity. Like, right. Let's be reasonable. You know, let's that means we wait. Uh, what does James say? Be uh, anxious for nothing. Slow to speak. Oh, why is it quick serpent? to listen and slow to anger? Harmless as doves. It's got to be... I thought it was lonesome as doves. No, that's a miniseries. Yeah. (laughs) Be wise as servants and lonesome as doves. The scripture I left out of my message today, I totally... It it was an an addition, and I forgot to say it. Uh Uh-huh. Is... uh, It's in Proverbs. It says... I don't... Sorry, I'm not... I don't know... I don't want it right in front of me right now, so I'll just quote it. I don't have the number. Sorry. Man. But uh, gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. 
Like yeah. it was such a perfect one. I can't. The sermon would have been perfect. You know, well, that's not true. You blew it. I did. I messed up the ending. That was the one. Because what we need, we need sweetness in the soul right now, mm-hmm. and then we need health in the body, and we can contribute scripturally to that with using gracious words. So yeah, I mean, uh, to me, I'm trying to reach out to people by phone. Like I feel like we get into the text mindset so much, and so I've tried to call some people who I know I haven't heard from in a while. Yeah, and just be like, "How you doing?" Yeah. Because uh, I want to hear, I want to hear voices. You know, I, I'm, I'm finding that you know I need that more than I thought I needed it. Yeah. You know, so reach out to somebody. No, it does. It makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, hey, you know, maybe there's somebody you know that'll be encouraged by the podcast. Maybe you share it. Maybe you share uh, that. People are looking for stuff to listen to yeah. and, and uh, consume. We have a lot of uh, time to consume things right now. So let's uh, please spread the word. Leave a review. That helps us get it to more people who haven't seen it and heard it. You know what I realized yesterday? This sounds awful. Yeah. I realized that the entire country is being made to be confined indoors. Mm -hmm. And only one person in America has written a book about surviving the indoors. Right. I I just, I thought, wow. That person is Max Licato. (laughs) 180 degree paranoia. But it was such a weird, it was like, wow. You, I'm not that guy, per se. Are you saying you this? You've hand tailored this. If if let me tell you something. If I had power, this could be a great conspiracy. If you were that smart, like although you just go look at my book sales numbers. Like obviously, there's no conspiracy. So I told you my buddy today, and I know we got to wrap up, but I told you my buddy today, Marty, who's on the road. He actually had shows that didn't cancel, yeah. which is crazy because Iowa still thinks it's not real. He had people coming to his table going, it ain't real. Wow. It's like, man, it's how, how blessed it is to be in Iowa where people live like miles apart from each other. And they're just like, eh, it ain't getting here. So Marty did his shows. But he told me when Tom Hanks got it, another comedian friend called him and was like, it's legit. We got to go get gross. So they all went and bought like $400 of groceries. It was like, if Tom Hanks can get it. But then he goes, I think the virus is real, 100% real. And I think Tom Hanks is a hoax because they needed to find like a beloved superstar that we would all agree and it would jar us into a sense of like, we need to socially distance because Tom Hanks has it. Yeah. So he thinks like Tom Hanks is on a soundstage somewhere being coddled and he doesn't really have it, but it made us all get serious about it. Right. I think that's a funny, that's a funny conspiracy theory. It is. That is. Yeah. Like Tom, Tom Hanks is out there faking the moon landings basically for us, for our, for our general benefit didn't he already fake a moon landing in apollo 13 anyway, in essence Cryo? yeah yeah never actually did it but he anyway. never landed but yeah yeah so we hope that you've landed though on our podcast <laughs> am i right johnny no, no we're bringing this in for a landing <laughs> that's right no we do appreciate you guys and all that uh that you're going through out there let us know if you need anything seriously if we can help uh send us messages let us know if you're struggling and maybe we could be a listening ear yeah uh, for you and, uh, you know, stay positive, stay prayerful. And, Wash your hands. Yeah, stay connected to other people, uh, just not via face-to-face. But uh, you can you have all the technology you need now to stay connected to other people and make sure that no one is isolated socially, even if you're isolated physically. So, hey, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. We'll talk about that. Hi, I'm Beckett Cook, host of The Beckett Cook Show. I lived as a gay man in Hollywood for many, many years until I had a radical encounter with Jesus 13 years ago. Since then, I've gotten my master's degree in seminary and published a book called A Change of Affection. 
On my podcast, The Becca Cook Show, I sit down with fascinating Christian scholars and thinkers to address the lies of the culture and bring the biblical truth to bear on those lies. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for The Becca Cook Show on your favorite podcasting platform.